Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio on a Friday night. All you guys on hold, hang there. Get back to the phones in a couple minutes here. Uh, But first time to welcome on Eagles beat reporter for 94WIP.com. Go Birds podcast, Go Birds radio. Can hear every Saturday afternoon. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot is brought to us uh, by your Tri-State Toyota dealers. Proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Elliot, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes, man. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Long time no talk. Glad to be on. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, obviously, uh, a big day with the Eagles today. More bad news, uh, which has kind of become the norm, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, But Lane Johnson shut down for the season with this ankle injury. What exactly do we know at this point? And, you know, is there fear that he might not be the same player after all this is uh, taken care of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is an ankle injury that's really been bothering him in a lot of ways for almost two years now. Uh, he tried to, you know, take care of it during the off season, and then during training camp, it, it acted up again, and it's pretty much been bothering him ever since. So the question is, you know, he, he said today that he thinks he, he feels that by having this procedure now, by shutting it down, he'll be 100% come June or July of next year, something he feels he has not been for, for a few years now. Um, moving forward, is there optimism that he'll be better? Yes, I think that, you know, everyone kind of felt this season that if he would just give it some time and relax and take a few weeks that he would feel better. He, he decided to push through, which is certainly admirable. But now for 2021, you know, he's going to be 31 years old. He'll be coming off of basically two straight years where he's had uh, ankle problems. And that certainly is concerning for one of really the only few players on this roster, you would say, is kind of a player that is at an elite level that you can count on for the next few years. Now it's fair to question if he, he's still in that category. Yeah, and, you know, we've been calling for a while, well, many people have been calling for a while, for Jason Peters to be moved from left tackle to right guard. That's another piece of news that, that dropped today, um, that Jason Peters will be moving over to that side. Is that, you know, in your mind, do you see that as connected to this, that they want to get that kind of experience over there now that Lane uh, will not be on the right side of that line anymore? Yeah, I mean, they might not say it. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to Doug yet, but I, I think that it's a safe assumption to make. The fact that these two moves are happening... Pretty much at the same time, I would imagine 
that's part of the reason why. But I also think that, you know, this is maybe another sign that they have their eyes on 2021. You know, Lane having this procedure. Uh, Jason Pierce moving to right guard, which really means Jordan Mailata going to left tackle and giving the franchise uh, a chance to look at him. So, you know, at 3-6-1, and one, sure, they're definitely still in playoff contention, as crazy as it might sound. But these two moves today signal to me that they are starting to look towards 2021. It'll be interesting to see what other moves they start to make soon with next season in mind, more so than trying to compete this year. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you look at the rest of the offense, uh, obviously a big focus has been Carson Wentz and his play this year, um, which has been, uh, you know, that of one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Now, when you look at it, Elliot, what level of culpability do you put on Carson versus the other factors like the offensive line, the weapons, and, you know, Doug Peterson's play call? Yeah, almost all of it. I think almost all of it falls on Carson. Look, can Doug do a better job? Of course. Is the roster perfect? No, the roster's not perfect. But what we all know in the NFL is if you have a good quarterback, your team is going to be good. That's almost always the case. And frankly, we saw it in 2017. Was that Eagles team special? Yeah, it was. But the reason it was special was because Carson was special early on. He created that into a special team. And then by the time Nick Foles took over, they were already really good. And certainly Foles played out of his mind. But since then, Carson has not been the same player, and you kind of see it bottoming out this year. Uh, and when you have a quarterback that's performing at such a low level, it's hard to really judge anybody. Uh, you know, it, could the offensive play calling be better? Sure, yes, but I don't know what play call you're supposed to call for a quarterback that turns it over two times a game. Right, and when you look at the play calling, Elliot, would you say that, do you think Doug has put Carson Wentz in a good enough position to succeed this year? That's a tough question. I, I think that you know, I, I think that there's been times where Doug has had calls, play, play, uh, plays called that were there to be made, and Carson did not do it. But I do think Doug could do a better job. Look, Doug's admitted that he could get Carson out of the pocket more. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, you know, there's been times where I think Doug could have run the ball a little bit more. But ultimately, this, this offense is only going to work with Carson in the pocket. Like, that's how it was built to, to be run. And until Carson becomes a more accurate passer from within the pocket – you know, yes, Doug could roll him out more. They could do more jet sweeps. They could try different things. But I just don't know what Doug can do at this point with Carson. Right. And you look at it now, and the offense obviously has been so stagnant over the last three games that that it obviously will begin uh, to, you know, questions will be asked about Carson and whether benching him would be for the betterment of the team. But what I'm, you know, wondering, Elliot, do you think benching Carson Wentz would potentially be beneficial for him? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, people bring up McNabb in 2008 and the fact that he was benched and then he, you know, did play better when he came back. But McNabb was gone a year later. Like, people don't bring up that part, that a year later they traded him and that was kind of the beginning of the end of his time in an Eagles uniform. Like, could Carson sitting on the bench help him? I mean, maybe, right? You hear players say that, but you don't ever hear a 50-year franchise quarterback needing to be benched. I mean, I can't think of a current single quarterback that's considered at an elite level, that there were even talks of benching him, let alone actually benching him. So if it does get to the point where they put Carson on the sideline, I think that's way more of a red flag But where this is going, way more of a problem for this franchise than the small chance that he rebounds from it and, you know, has a five-plus-year career here as a starting quarterback. Right, and you look back at the draft, and obviously there are a lot of questions asked that night about, you know, taking Jalen Hurts in the second round and whether that pick made sense. Now, you know, do you, does it make even less sense now that with things going this bad, they still wouldn't be willing uh, to put Jalen Hurts in and at least see what they have? 
Yeah, look, I see your point about it making less sense, how people could think that. But what I would say is it's, it's almost not possible for it to make less sense than it did on the night of the draft, right? Like, every option you looked at on the night of the draft was a bad one. Were they drafting him to be a backup for four years? Well, that's not a good use of a pick. Were they drafting him to trade him? Well, you're not going to probably get more than a second-round pick for somebody that doesn't play. Were they drafting him to come in when Carson played, when Carson either played poorly or was injured? Even that was not a good outcome because if Nate Sudfeld was the backup right now, if Josh McCown was the backup, nobody would be calling for him to be benched. There'd be discussion about his struggles, but nobody would be saying, look, there's a better option on the roster. So I actually think when we look back at Carson's time with the Eagles, there's a chance that we'll look at the drafting of Jalen Hurts as the beginning of the end. I think it was that momentous of a mistake. I think it is having that much of an impact on the season and of Carson. And I think the pick just basically looks worse and worse from Alicia Carson's perspective. Right. And, and you look at the coaching aspect of it, and we always talk a lot about Frank Reich and John Filippo and the impact that they had in 2016 and 2017. Uh, but that, you know, leads me to questions about Press Taylor. I, do, do you think uh, Press Taylor is kind of the right guy to be uh, shepherding Carson forward because it seems like mm-hmm. as he's gotten more say within the offensive coaching staff, the more Carson's play has kind of regressed. Yeah, look, I know that Press is thought of highly in that building. Uh, I know, I, you know, I'm not in those meetings with Press Taylor and Carson, but I think your last point was an excellent one. Like the proof is in the pudding, and the more Press Taylor has worked with Carson, he is regressing. Now, is it possible that this is a physical regression with Carson? and no, no coach could get the best out of him, I think there's that possibility. But there's just no denying that the more press has been involved with Carson, the, the results are there. Much like Frank Reich gets credit for the results in 2017, even though it was a team effort, like ultimately Press Taylor is a passing game coordinator. He's the quarterback coach. He's the one that's coaching Carson the closest. And Carson is regressing. So it's hard to say anything but Press Taylor deserves plenty of blame for that. Yeah, and one more for you, Elliot. As, you know, Monday night coming up and – Obviously, if things go poorly early in this game, um, you know, people are going to want to see a change. Do you think there is a legitimate chance that if Carson starts poorly and the offense starts poorly again on Monday night, uh, that Jalen Hurts ends up coming in and Carson gets sat down? Absolutely. And I wouldn't have said that a few days ago, but after seeing the way uh, Doug handled those questions uh, in his last press conference, it's clearly something they're thinking about. Doug himself acknowledged that it's something that he thinks about in terms of big decisions with the team, the way he wouldn't really come out and flat out say, at least initially, that Carson was the starter. I do think that there's absolutely a chance. Honestly, the only hesitation I have is, is it something they want to do prime time on Monday night? If this was a Sunday 1 o'clock game, yeah, I think there'd be a way better chance. But are they going to put their franchise quarterback on the bench on the night when nobody else is playing, the whole league is watching? I don't know. That, That would be tough. But I definitely think, they, they are thinking about when is going to be the moment when they bench Carson with how he's playing. Yeah, so I uh, appreciate you jumping on, Elliot. Good luck in the WIP Fantasy League this week. You're definitely definitely having more success than I am this year, uh, but I did <laughs> well, beat Drag like, Fitz. I'm in 10th or 11th place, so sorry, sorry well, to hear that. Well, I'm in dead last, but at least I beat okay. Fritz. That's like the only thing I'm worried about. That's so, all it's about, is right. beating Fritz and making sure it happens. So good job by you on that one. All right. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate yep, it. Yep. Talk to you soon, man. Yep. Elliot Shore Parks, uh, Eagles Reporter 94WIP.com. Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds Radio. Um, we're in our WIP Fantasy League where I'm having a, I'm having a rough go of it this year. Two and nine. Um, but I, I did beat Jack Fritz last week, which for me is the equivalent to, you know, when like older Eagles fans, like the Buddy Ryan era Eagles fans will say, I don't care if the Eagles go 2-14 and 14 every year. 
as long as they beat the Cowboys twice. That's the way I feel about playing Jack Fritz in fantasy. I don't care if I lose the rest of my games. As long as I defeat him, which I did, then it makes it somewhat of a worthwhile season for me. Is Jack doing well on the whole, or has everybody been beating him? No, he's in second to last place, and I'm in last place right Okay, so... But I could still work my way out of the basement. That's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, everybody's been able to get that satisfaction of beating Jack. Pretty much. Almost everybody. Pretty much, pretty much. But everybody's also gotten the same satisfaction from beating me. Well, maybe they feel bad, Tom. They might like you more. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, But who who knows? Um, But, yeah, Elliot's doing a little better than me, but everybody's doing better than me. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We talked about Carson Wentz with Elliot there. We'll get to Carson um, as we move throughout the show here because I do think it's interesting whether – the Eagles would make that move on Monday night. And I think Elliot brings up a good point when he talks about, you know, do the Eagles want to do that on Monday night football? Because it's been, you know, kind of a, a, it seems like the Eagles are very sensitive to Carson's feelings and don't want to do anything to embarrass him. Benching him would be embarrassing. Benching him on Monday night football in front of the entire country would be even worse. And that's why I kind of think that the Eagles missed a, a an opportunity uh, in Cleveland. The perfect time to bench him would have been Sunday afternoon, halftime, you're playing a, a dud against the Cleveland Browns, you're down 7 nothing at halftime. That would have been the time to do it. Um, and I think the Eagles really missed an opportunity to, to do it and at least see what they had in the second half. And Jalen Hurts didn't play well. Go back to Carson Wentz for Monday Night Football. 215-592-9494. Also talking about the Eagles and just their priorities being misguided. As, you know, Jason Peters been playing over Jordan Mulata all year. Okay, now Jordan Mulata comes back in, but he missed key development time. And um, the Eagles should know more than any organization how important that is for a young offensive lineman. Uh, We'll get to uh, that a little more in a few minutes. First, let's go to Brian in Westchester. What's up, Brian? Hey, bud. You know, um, do you agree with what Elliot said regarding Jalen Hurts? The the pick making no sense. Well, the pick makes less sense to me now, Brian, because you know you look back that night. I didn't get it at the time. Um, I I kind of assumed it was because they were worried about Carson Wentz's injury history. But then I started to think when I see Carson playing at a at a as poorly as he has this year, that maybe the concerns go beyond that. But if you're really concerned about him and you think you have anything in Jalen Hurts, you'd put him in the game. If you're not going to put him in, I don't really understand uh, the logic of making that selection in the second round. Yeah, well, the pick makes total sense to me because the Eagles obviously had an inclination that something was not right with Carson. When you sign a quarterback for 25% of the salary cap, he has to be exceptional. If he's not, you lose that bet. It's done. And the only way, the only way you could possibly survive that contract, because it's not tradable, Elliot thinks, thinks he is, he's not, is having a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah, no, no, Brian, that part of it makes somewhat of sense, but the, the thing is, the Eagles can't get out of Carson Wentz's deal right now anyway. So what's the point of drafting a quarterback in the second round who's not going to play? You're not going to put him in even if Carson Wentz struggles when you could have taken a player on either side of the ball that could have helped you out right now. 
I, I, I mean, that is that is a good point, but I think this year we're going back to the well and drafting another quarterback. And if you put all the assets the Eagles have in the Carson Wentz deal in the quarterback position, you're talking about it would be three number ones, two number twos, 25% of your salary cap, and I think a third round. You cannot compete in the NFL under those circumstances. So as far as I'm concerned, the Eagles are, are done until that contract's off the books. Well, that, that's a scary proposition, Brian, and I appreciate the call. Um, I hope that's not the case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz, this is why he needs to play better, and this is why I don't excuse his play, and this is why I, I get irritated when people continue to make excuses about his play. Oh, it's the line. Oh, it's the receivers. It's the play calling. When you're getting paid the way Carson Wentz is playing, those excuses should not matter. You're getting paid that way because you're viewed as a quarterback in the NFL that can transcend all of those other things, that can rise above those other things, that can make his receivers better, that can make his linemen better, that can make play calls look better um, than they actually are as opposed to sabotaging them. And Carson Wentz isn't doing any of that right now. And with that contract does come that level of responsibility because it does prevent what the organization can do to surround you. It certainly does. And, you know, when we are, are assessing Carson Wentz's play, we have to assess it as this is a fifth-year quarterback getting paid like one of the top quarterbacks in the league. This is a guy who you expect and need to play at a very high level, yet some people still talk about him like he's a rookie or a second-year player when you know he's saying he's still young and, and all this other stuff. No, he's a fifth-year player getting compensated like a star quarterback. Star quarterbacks make the best of situations that are not ideal. Look at the guy you're playing against on Monday night. For years, you want to look at bad offensive lines? They're better now, but for years, Russell Wilson was playing behind the worst offensive line in all of football, essentially. Uh, Maybe the only other one that was playing behind the worst offensive line was Andrew Luck. And look at what he was able to do. I mean, obviously, uh, sustained many injuries, but he was still able to make everybody around him better. But Russell Wilson played behind a terrible offensive line for years. And he was still able to produce with not many weapons on the outside until they finally did get him a guy like DK Metcalf. So if you're getting paid the way Carson's getting paid, you need to rise above these other things and and help the guys around you be better. Instead, Carson Wentz is only making the things around him look even worse than they already are. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. All you guys on hold, uh, stay there. We'll get right back to the phones. When we return, I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe Giglio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe Giglio on a Friday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Let me know if if anybody watched the um, the match. They had one another one of these golf matches on Friday afternoon. It was Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley against Peyton Manning and Steph Curry. Uh, I saw like the first hole before I came in, um, and just watching Charles swing a golf club is 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 pretty funny. It looks like Charles and Phil won, which that's a a, a pretty big upset there. But it's 
it, it was funny. They're hitting from like the the I guess like the champions tees, the pros tees for Peyton, Steph, and Phil, and then they drive up to like the normal tees for Charles. And Charles has like a much um, higher handicap than everybody else. Uh, but it, you know, I'm sure it was pretty entertaining to watch. So if you have reviews of that, uh, let us know uh, how that was on the air. I enjoyed the last one they did uh, with Brady and Peyton. That one did huge ratings that was back when there were no sports going on in like may um so if you want to get in on that you're welcome to uh we'll continue talking about the eagles i also need more people to chime in on my little personal dilemma here where my wife and i are having our first child in in march and we got to do the registry and all this stuff and uh, apparently a, a baby requires a lot of things which you know i i i'm pretty dumb when it comes to this sort of stuff i hadn't really um realized just how much a baby needs but i just want one thing on the registry that's all playstation 5 i i don't know why you know this can't happen he'll use it i mean he's gonna use it eventually maybe not right away but you know just like just like i'm making the point tonight the eagles need to think in the long term when people are buying gifts for children for these registries what's wrong with thinking a little more long term like i imagine i'm gonna probably buy my child a video game system at some point uh you know i mean maybe that that's not the the best move i don't know but my parents bought me video games i i guess i turned out fine maybe that's debatable but (laughs) you're comparing you getting a PS5 when you have a newborn baby to the Eagles developing talent? That's right. Okay, just wanted to make uh, yeah. sure I didn't I didn't misunderstand. Long-term view here, Mosh. I'm a long-term thinker. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I think it's a somewhat reasonable thing to ask. Everybody I've been asking has said no. I I asked my cousin the other day who's having a, a, a baby around the same time we are. She said no. My aunt texted me during the show tonight. Absolutely not. So... It's not going over well with you know a lot of the a lot of the the women uh, that I know, but uh, I I think it's I think it's somewhat reasonable. Uh, so I want your opinions on that. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to join the show, let's go to Ahmad in West Philly. What's up, Ahmad? Hey man, happy holidays. To you too, man. Happy How's holidays. Um. I've been sitting here, you know, I'm listening to this show and, and, um, and then I, I've been, million dollar question is what happened to Carson? What happened to him? Carson didn't play this bad his rookie year. Uh, if anything, we saw a lot of promising things from Carson in his rookie year. Um, and just throughout time, something happened to him. Now, <laughs> let's start at the top with this. Let's, <laughs> A lot of this blame, you give it to Howie. You know, this is a classic mixing business, you know, with friendship. Because football is a business, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles got away from that. You know, you invest $100-something million dollars in this quarterback, and you have Jason Peters protecting his blind side, or washed-up Peters. What have you built around Carson? I mean, how can you spend this kind of money on the quarterback and not build the route? You think they're doing that over in Kansas City with Pat Mahomes? No, I mean, Kansas they City's, have, they, Kansas they, City's they, got they better weapons. 
Ahmad, Kansas City's got better weapons, but Carson has been terrible himself. Like, like we can't just make all excuses for Carson Wentz. Yeah, the line hasn't been very good. Um, I mean, I don't think the weapons has been nearly as big a problem this year, but Carson Wentz is not helping them by not getting rid of the ball either. Like, he's got to have a little exactly. more awareness in the pocket. Yeah. So, what happened? You know, so now the question is, what happened to Carson? Is it something, you know, is, is it, is it, any, is his head? Like, what is it? Like, what's going on? Could it be that concussion? I mean, something is wrong because when you, when you got to play where you're in your end zone and, and you know, the only thing to do is to run the ball and, you know, you, and you, and, and Doug calls a pass and play and he takes a sack into the end zone. As a quarterback, five years in the league, you should know that, listen, I got to get this ball out of my hand. I don't care what happens, but I cannot take a sack into my own end zone. Right. And it's like he's, I, I don't know, it's like he, it's like he forgot. Like something is, something's wrong with Carson. Something's wrong with Carson. No, no, I something's get it. Wrong with him. I get it, Ahmad, and I appreciate the call, but, but this is what I mean. Like, we got to stop searching for, you know, what happened to him. Maybe he's just not that good, okay? Like, maybe he's just not that good. Because you look at the entirety of Carson Wentz's career, there is more evidence to suggest that he is average or below average than he is elite. There just is. Um, 2017 was an amazing season for him. That is the aberration compared to the rest of his career. Because the rest of his career has been pretty average. Uh, I thought his rookie year was pretty impressive. but And his rookie year, by the way... For for everybody who wants to make all the excuses about it's it's what's around him that's the problem. He didn't have great stuff around him in his rookie season either. The offensive line his rookie year um, wasn't great. Uh, Lane Johnson was out most of that year. The weapons around him weren't great that year. Um, but you know he was still able to do some nice things and, and at least look like a promising quarterback. He's not able to do any of that now. He is not reading defense as well. He's not seeing defenses. He's not finding open guys. Um, And when we look at Doug, and people will criticize Doug's play calling, I don't know what Doug can call right now when Carson Wentz is playing this poorly. And you look at the rest of his career, 2018, he was very average that year. Last season, he was very average. Had a nice December, but uh, take that with a grain of salt. It was against the NFC East, all four of those games. And the offense wasn't like lighting it up in those games. Aside from the Washington game, uh, they they weren't great. They, they won the games, but they weren't scoring a, a ton of points. So there's far more evidence to suggest that 2017 was the aberration as opposed to the rule uh, with Carson Wentz. And I think we need to stop searching for all these reasons why and maybe just come to the realization that he's not as good of a player as we thought that he was. Um, can he get back to, to playing at a high level? I hope so. Uh, but there's not much this year that shows you that that. that that that's going to happen anytime soon. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Robin Douglasville. What's up, Rob? Hey man, thanks for taking my call. So yeah. first of all, kind of just lead into your PS five situation. Okay. Um, just let it be. You, th- you think <laughs> I'm going to have to take the L on this one, Rob? 
Yeah, dude, I, I got a three-year-old. I got one on the way. Just don't do it. It just what you need to do. Maybe start GoFundMe. Right, well, a better idea. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I can. I have the wherewithal to buy one for myself, Rob. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I figure it could be a, something I throw in there. Why not? Now, from one dad to another, just what, this is what's going to be your best friend. YouTube. They have YouTube channels that like compete with each other for it's like kids content. That's from your best friend. Okay. Uh, that's but yeah, my yeah. nieces are big into YouTube, so I, I've, I've, I've seen that they they watch. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, little baby bump. That's yeah, really good. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, talking Eagles here. So there's two things. So first off, um, I'm not big on Wentz, but, um, he's, you know, I, I think he, there's promise there. So the thing that I think the team just really needs to get back to. So my cousin used to play up at Lehigh. Um, actually the, you know, the, the team used to, as we all know, they used to have uh camp up there. They need to get back to in-person camp next year. And have these guys overnight. The, the bonding that they're going to have there is like it's it's nothing like what they're having right now. I think I don't, Rob. I can tell you right now, those days at Lehigh aren't coming back. Uh, they're not. They're not doing that anymore. Oh, oh, I'm not saying at Lehigh. Just they oh. need they need to all be at gotcha. one location, gotcha. living and breathing the game for to build the bonds that they need to continue to grow as a team. Gotcha. Okay. And that's whoever the leader is. Um, so. When it comes to Wentz, um, you know, I, the guys he, he he needs he needs to have a, a veteran retired player who can get through to him on that on the staff because they 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 need to build around at this point you invested them it's we got to build around the guy. Um, I put it to this so this is a question I could pose to you: if you had the same talent, if you had a talent of an NFL football uh, QB. Would you feel comfortable behind that offensive line? And would you feel comfortable throwing to the weapons that you have and feel comfortable that your backs and your tight ends can block for you? Well, I mean, I, I, I never played quarterback at really any level, Rob, so that's difficult to, to you know, handicap. But I'll say this, and, and though the line hasn't been great, he does them no favors. He does him no favors when he's holding the ball forever and not getting it out. You look around the league, you know, there are guys dealing with offensive line issues. I'm watching Monday night. Jared Goff, who we, we all know Jared Goff's not great. They just lost Whitworth. They have a kind of a patchwork offensive line right now. Jared Goff's throwing the ball 51 times, and he's getting hit, and he's finding a way to get the ball out. So I put that on Carson. you got to find a way to get the ball out, and when you're in the end zone and you know, you're know you holding the ball for, for three seconds and you take a safety, yeah, Jason Peters gets beat, but Carson's got to know better than that. I, I agree with you there. He, he needs he needs to – that's what I'm saying. He needs he needs to have a, a guy that's a veteran that has, has know-how to say, dude, I, we know that you really want to win, but – if it's if it, you got to show that it's you know that it's not you that's you know if you don't see something just throw it away. That's what he. That's really what he should probably start doing is throwing it away if he doesn't see anything, because guys aren't getting open. Um, you know, I, I wish we had a back like Legarrette Blunt. Like I was just looking at the stats from a couple of years ago, and if you look at it, our best wideout we had uh, Ertz. Our our leading back Legarrette Blunt. Like we need we need guys that there's. But Darren Blount was blocking in that backfield for him. That was an extra, you know, if, if all else failed, he had a guy blocking for you. Right. No, I get it, Rob, and I appreciate the call. But, I, I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, there are times when the protection breaks down. 
There are times when Carson Wentz does not have a lot of time to throw the ball. There are equally as many times, if not more, when he does have uh, ample time to throw the football, he does have ample time to get it out, and he just doesn't. Like, the amount of hitching he's doing in the pocket is concerning. Like, the fact that he is not seeing wide-open receivers. And later on, I do want to play Dan Orlovsky's breakdown of the pick-six play, which I'm a fan of Dan Orlovsky. I I like him as an analyst. I respect how he's worked his way up to get to the point that he's at. But some of these defenses of Carson Wentz at this point are just laughable. Like, they really are. (laughs) I mean, and I'll play the clip, as I said, in a little bit where... Dan Orlovsky is, you know, making excuses for why Carson's not throwing the ball to a wide-open Jalen Rager. And, no, there, there's no excuses there. And uh, and people try to blame Jalen Rager. No, that's not Jalen Rager. He is wide open. He is looking for the football. And for whatever reason, Carson Wentz is not throwing it. And, you know, I understand that a quarterback is going to be a little... A little more skittish, I guess is the proper term, when you're playing behind an offensive line that's having issues in protection. But these mistakes would be a lot less concerning if it was a first or second year player. It's a fifth year player. Getting paid $128-132 million, whatever, whatever the, the number is. He must be better. And I'm no more excuses for it. Like, stop trying to excuse the the play of the quarterback was the receivers or the coaching or the offensive line play. Do all these things play a contributing factor? Of course. But when you are a quarterback in this league who is expected to be a franchise-changing player and, uh, you know, a, a player who can uplift all the rest of the players on your offense and you're not doing it and you're contributing to dragging the offense even further down? That's a problem. And that's not something I'm going to excuse Carson Wentz for. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, get back to the phones next segment. We will, at the top of the hour, uh, talk a little Sixers. We got Kyle Newbeck from the Philly Voice coming on. So we'll talk to Kyle coming up at 8 o'clock. Still plenty to do. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Joe Giglio on a Friday night. If you want to get in, some open lines right now, 215-592-9494. As I mentioned uh, last segment, we'll talk Kyle Newbeck at the top of the hour. Philly Voice covers the Sixers. Um, and get into everything dealing with the Sixers offseason here. As the season's sneaking up on us, December 22nd is when it will get underway. Um, well, when the NBA will begin. Hopefully the Sixers playing that night. But uh, the schedule will be released, I guess, I mean, I'd assume next week. Uh, preseason schedule was released today. Sixers, I believe, playing on the 15th, they play their first preseason game. So, um They'll have to get to work soon here, and uh, I'm interested to see this team. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, I think they fit a lot better now, getting back to surrounding Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons the way they were meant to be surrounded, with guys who can shoot the ball um, and you know make their lives easier, uh, especially on the offensive end. Um, so we will talk to Kyle about that. also want to get some sound later on from a prominent NBA reporter who believes Joel Embiid 
is in line for a monster season. Um, uh, and the reason why I find to be uh, somewhat interesting. So we'll get to that uh, a little later on. But talking about the Eagles and um, talking about the offensive line earlier with Lane Johnson, if you have not heard, done for the year, needs ankle surgery. It's clear he wasn't right all season, and now Lane Johnson will miss the remainder of the year. Um, but also uh, discussing uh, Carson Wentz and this is the topic of conversation that, that has dominated the airwaves over the last couple weeks and always is when the team is struggling and when the quarterback is struggling. And, you know, I know everybody's searching for answers as to why. I get a tweet from uh, Sean who says, you know, I get Carson's holding the ball too long, but our receivers getting open. Is Doug calling plays, you know, with shorter routes, just trying to figure out what the issues are. And I look at it with Carson right now, I just see a guy who's playing with no confidence. Um, and that was, that was not the case for him, even in his rookie season. You know, I'm not even looking at 2017 at this point because getting him back to that level seems like a pipe dream right now. I'm just talking about getting him back to a competent level of quarterback play. And for his faults in 2016, uh, you know, he had some ups and downs even in his rookie year, he didn't look like a guy who lacked confidence. He looks like a player right now that is lacking any sort of confidence. And and that is really concerning when you look at a fifth-year player who's regressed to this point. There's really not any precedent from a guy being as good as he was in his second year to as bad as he is in his fifth year. And, um, you know, we can put the blame a, a ton of different places. And it's not all on Carson, but yeah, I, I do believe Carson Wentz's poor play is more on him than it is anybody else. He's the one on the field. He's the one getting paid what he's getting paid. He's supposed to be a franchise-changing player. And, you know, he is not playing like it right now, and the whole team is suffering for it. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Leon in Dallas. What's up, Leon? Hello, yes, uh, Philadelphia Police Department. I would like to report a robbery. Uh, ginger, redhead guy, uh, he was Carson Wentz. He stole about $100 million uh, from the Eagles, and a guy named Howie helped him. Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of what it's seeming like at this point, Leon. Uh, not looking like money well spent at this point. Yeah, Tom, you know, this is just awful. And, again, I was really going to talk about Carson, but I really wanted to talk about Howard as well because, you know, he is the head of everything, right? I compared him to Jerry Krause. I used to call him, the, you know, Jerry Krause of the Eagles. The only difference is he didn't win six championships. But he has literally hurt this team over the last few years with his countless draft misses, right? We're talking about these horrible contracts. He guaranteed Alshon Jeffries' contract, so that's why he's here this year hasn't caught a goddamn ball, right? Um, and all the other crappy contracts we have. And to be honest, man, he needs to go. Uh, I understand he brought us the championship. His name will forever be remembered for that. But he has just seemed to lost control of this ship, Tom. I mean, even like the small decisions when they, were, when they cut Malcolm Jenkins last year and they didn't bring Chris Long back, just all these small things and – you know, if it was over money, a little penny pinching here or there, or if they, or if they just thought that the guys couldn't play, 
it's hurt our team, right? I mean, you have to agree with that, right, Tom? No, no it's bad, Leon. It, it, it's, been, it, it's been bad the way this team's been managed the last couple of years. Really, nothing's worked out. The free agency signings haven't worked out. The drafts have been horrendous. Um, and what bothers me the most is this, this, you know, the priorities of this organization, which is trying to justify these picks and justify these high salaries by playing guys like Jason Peters and Alshon Jeffrey, when you got to get younger guys ready to play, and ultimately that is on Howie Roseman, and um, he does need to be held accountable. Now, I know Jeffrey Lurie trusts Howie Roseman a lot, likes Howie Roseman a lot, um, and I don't know if he'll give him one more chance, but I do think Howie Roseman's job at this point uh, is not totally secure as it has been in the past. And to be honest, Tom, like I just. I really just don't see how this thing could get better. Like, even if this year just does go to crap, you know, we don't win. You know, next year we're projected over $150 million over the cap. A lot of that because of Howie. See, people don't understand, right? Everybody loves to give Howie. Oh, he manages the cap. Oh, he's good at moving money. Oh, he's good at creating money. People need to really realize this, okay? If it was that easy, every freaking GM in the league would be doing it, all right? All that you're doing is when you're getting these players to restructure, it takes two to tango. So the player has to do it as well. And all you're doing is you're just guaranteeing more money down the line. So, in my opinion, he's literally destroyed our team for the future because we're not going to be able to bring in anybody next year. Like, we have no money to sign guys. We're going to be unloading guys. So we're just screwed. And last thing, since you were talking about video games, um, do you play Madden, by the way? I, I used to. I don't really play Madden anymore, Leon. I feel like Madden's not that good anymore. Well, let me ask that. you this, right? So at the beginning of the year, uh, Carson Wentz, I think his man rating was like an 82 or something. Oh, yeah? What would you have to rate him right now? Because if I'm giving Carson Wentz a, excuse me, a Madden rating, he's like a 73, a 72 with awareness of like 50 because he just doesn't see anything coming. But, yeah, I would love to hear your um, your pick. But anyway, yeah. appreciate it, John. I mean, Tom, sorry. I'll talk to you next week, and hopefully we'll be Seattle. All right, sounds good, Leon. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I don't know what his Madden rating would be. It wouldn't be very high. I I, I don't know what the going Madden ratings are at this point for, like, a typical starting quarterback or anything. So, uh, I don't know, 70 or something like that. I'm I'm not sure exactly uh, what my rating would be. 215-592-9494. Let's get Manny in East Oak Lane in here. What's up, Manny? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say that if you think about it, over from last year to this year, Carson Wentz worked out like crazy with weights and also put on weight. The putting on weight slowed him down, which makes him not elusive anymore. The the muscle across his chest and lifting weights has made him not quite the fluid passer he used to be. And... I think more important, the concussion that he had last year has kind of eliminated all his knowledge of football. Well, I mean, Manny, I, I, I've i heard people talk about the concussion playing a role, and I'm not going to rule it out entirely, but again, I look at that as kind of an, another excuse. I don't think, you know, Carson was concussed to the point where he can't process, you know, football knowledge anymore. Hello? Manny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but the thing is, the the making himself muscle bound by lifting all that weight and putting all that weight on also detracts from the fluid athlete he was when he first came yeah. to the Eagles. Well, yeah. No, I, I hear you, and I appreciate the call, Manny. Thanks. I I mean, I don't know if his workout routine has to do with it. I do think that the uh, this is not an excuse. I think this is just 
kind of a fact at this point, that the injuries have changed the way that he has to play. Like, he does not move the same way he used to move. Now, I don't know if that is physical. I don't know if that is mental. Um, But, you know, we talk about 2016-2017, his rookie year and his second year, he was very decisive in, you know, looking for his reads. And if the reads weren't there, he'd take off and go. And he'd get what he could get. He doesn't do that anymore. It's just, uh, you know, not get rid of the ball, sit in the pocket, sit in the pocket, sit in the pocket, and all of a sudden he's getting sacked. So um, I think part of it is behind an offensive line he doesn't trust. Over the years, I think maybe he's become kind of accustomed to not trusting his receivers to the level that you need to um, in the NFL where so much of it is anticipation and knowing where your guys are going to be and trusting they're going to be where you need them to be. Um, But again, he's got to find a way to overcome it. And he can either overcome it and get back to being a franchise quarterback, or he can't. And if the latter is, you know, reality... This team is going to be in big trouble moving forward. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, when we get back, we will talk a little Sixers. Kyle Newbeck from the Philly Voice is going to join us next to talk about the offseason and the Sixers signing today. Uh, so we will uh, talk to Kyle when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Joe Giglio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law